بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقرة من لساني يفقه كولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم Welcome you back to this series on the supplications or duas from the Quran and Sunnah I am near, says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, فَإِنِّي قَرِيبُ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِ إِذَا دَعَانَ I respond to the call of the caller whenever they call upon me. So let us call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the best of ways. And what is the best way to call upon Allah? What is the best way to communicate with Allah? It is via His own words, Rabbul Izzati wal Jalal. And for this reason, we're focusing specifically on the supplications from the Noble Qur'an and then from the Sunnah of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because after the Qur'an, the words of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam represent the best form of communicating our needs to Allah. And again, as we said before, not only just to to give Allah a shopping list of demands and what we want and what we don't want and how we want it, but also to turn to Allah as humble slaves. We saw this in the dua of Nabi Yunus alayhi salatu wasalam. We saw this in the dua of Nabi Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. Now we will see this in the dua of the very first human being and his wife, Nabi Adam and Sayyida Hawa alayhi salatu wasalam. We know if you read Surah Al-Baqarah 30 verses in, you would come across the first narrative in the Qur'an of the incident of Nabi Adam and his creation and how Allah announced to the Malaika that I'm going to be creating a Khalifa, a vicegerent in the earth. And the whole incident takes place when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows uh, the angels to prostrate, he commands the angels to prostrate to Nabi Adam alayhi salatu wasalam and Iblis who was a jinn and was with the angels, he refused to bow down. Now, Iblis did wrong and this incident is dealt with in, in this segment and, and other segments as well, right, in the Qur'an. And we learn different things from the same narrative when Allah mentions it in different uh, places in the Qur'an. For example, here we learn what happened. And then in other places we also learn what happened afterwards. So what happened with Iblis and what happened with Nabi Adam So Iblis, on the one hand, when Allah asked him, look, I asked you to bow down, why didn't you bow down? And remember, Allah is Alimul Ghaibi wa Shahada, the knower of the seen and the unseen. So Allah knows. And the only reason that we can that we can figure out or that we can discern from the incident of why Allah is actually asking the angels, you know, um, to 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 uh, bow down to Nabi Adam, why Allah is asking Iblis why he didn't bow down, why Allah is asking Nabi Adam afterwards when he ate of the fruit, why did you eat of the fruit when I commanded you not to? These questions they they give an opportunity in the Quran for the answers to be presented to us. And that's what we're doing right now. We are looking for the the answers and the guidance from it. And mm, what we see now is that Iblis is in a situation where he committed a mistake, right? Call it call it a sin, call it a mistake, call it a, a disobedience. But technically Nabi Adam also committed a mistake. He also disobeyed, 
right? And we can we can further on go into the semantics that would leave us with the conversation of the the isma or the uh, the infallibility of the prophets and messengers. But that's not what we want to look at right now. Just the fact that both individuals essentially disobeyed commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what's the difference? When we look at Iblis, his answers to Allah are indicative of the wrong way to go about things when we turn away from Allah. Iblis, instead of humbling himself before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he sought to justify his wrongdoing. Instead of admitting that he committed a mistake, that he was sorry, that he would now turn back, he tried to justify why he didn't bow down. He said, I'm better than him. You created me of fire, you created him of clay. So in his mind, he made his analogy that fire is better than clay. And, you know, scholars have looked at this and said, you know, there's nothing intrinsically in fire that makes it intrinsically better than clay. Because there are properties in fire which are good and there are properties in clay which are good and vice versa, right? So in other words, there are bad properties in both as well. But in his mind, this was enough as a justification. He didn't even ask Allah for forgiveness. What did he ask Allah for? He asked Allah for respite. Just, just you know, hold on, don't punish me yet. Let me first show you. What did he want to show Allah? He wanted to show that just as he disobeyed, he would also get us, the human race, to disobey. And he would take as many of us, if he has his will, he would take as many of us with him to Jahannam. Allahumma khfadna, may Allah save us and not make us from among the followers of shaitan. Nabi Adam alayhi salatu wasalam on the other hand, and by the way, the Quranic narrative doesn't make Sayyida Hawa alayhi salatu wasalam, she's not the guilty one as far as who tempted Adam. Right? According to the Quranic narrative, Iblis is the one who caused both of them to slip. It was not the temptation of the woman that caused the man to slip. So, you know, mashallah, we've got a different narrative there to other traditions. So I would challenge you, if you haven't really grasped or understood the essence of the story of our Genesis, which is this that I'm mentioning, then really look at it from the Quran's perspective and try to 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 see the lessons therein. So... Nabi Adam والسلام, is asked a similar question. Why, why did you eat of the tree when I told you not to? Right? And his response, his response to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala essentially is in the form of this dua. Rabbana zalamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa taruhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin. O oh, our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. Zalamna anfusana. Remember, we said zalamtu nafsi in the previous application. We said la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min in the previous application. What do they all have in common so far? The same formula and the concept of utter humility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Oh our Lord, we have wronged ourselves. We have committed oppression against ourselves. And if you don't forgive us, and if you don't show mercy upon us, 
There's a lot of emphasis in this. It is emphasized to the max, literally. Right? We would most certainly be min al from among the losers. These are the words that Allah inspired to Nabi Adam والسلام, And these are the words that he uttered immediately upon recognizing that he had committed a mistake. And as a result, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala still honored Nabi Adam والسلام, He still regarded as a Nabi of Allah. He was still regarded as the father of humanity, so to speak, right? Because he was the first man. And we would forever say, alayhi salam. Iblis, on the other hand, you know his outcome. So what we learn here, once again, is that what Nabi Adam, alayhi needed was repentance. And the way he presented himself was not, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Beautifully, he admits, we have not just committed a mistake. We have not just done something wrong. And Allah makes it clear. الشيطان, that shaitan caused them to slip. Just like with Nabi Musa, he killed the copt by mistake. But when they express their sin to Allah, they don't come to Allah saying, oh Allah, I made a minor mistake. Oh Allah, I made a, I made a small mistake. I ate of the fruit. You know, I, I forgot because of shaitan and because of him and because of the copt and, you know, because of... No, no excuses, no belittling of the transgressions. Oh, our Lord, we had wronged ourselves. We had committed oppression. That's how they present their sin before Allah. Utter humility. And if you don't forgive us, again, looking at only Allah as being able to forgive. And if you don't show mercy upon us, so not saying immediately, forgive us, show mercy upon us, but rather expressing what would happen if you do not forgive us and if you do not show mercy upon us. We would have nothing. We would have no one. We would be lost. In fact, we would be from among the losers. We would certainly be min al from among the losers. Ya Rabb. What beautiful words. These are, these are impacting, thought-provoking words. And these words, as relevant as they were at the beginning of time, so to speak, because this was the inception of humankind, they are just as relevant today for you and for me and for all of us. And we, we cannot get to Allah, we cannot progress in our journey to Allah until we accept that Allah is Rabb, Rabbana is our Lord and we we are Abd, we are servants which is what we reiterated when we discussed Surah Al-Fatiha right at the beginning of this series and we have no refuge other than Allah we have no one to turn to other than Allah and you know what the, the amazing thing is that this very Allah our only refuge is the best refuge we could possibly want and the best refuge we could possibly ask for. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to turn to Him. And this is the beauty of the relationship that Allah had granted us as His servants. 
someone asked, Sheikh, if Allah does not like sin, and Allah does not like oppression, and Allah does not like wrongdoing, why does Allah allow me to sin and to do wrong? Why do I slip into these things? Why do I fall? And the answer, so that you can get up and beg Allah, so that you can be humbled and go down onto your knees and beg Allah. For there is nothing that makes Allah more joyful. There is nothing that makes Allah happier than when a servant who had transgressed comes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And nowhere, nowhere in the Quran, nowhere in the Sunnah will you find someone coming to Allah except that Allah accepts that person back. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam he spoke of a man who was once lost in the desert all he had with him was his camel and on his camel he had all of his supplies. Lo and behold, he loses his camel. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'oon When you're in the middle of the desert and you have all your supplies, you know, getting lost or, or having been lost from you, that is essentially a death sentence, right? For all intents and purposes, there's no hope you are eventually going to meet your demise. But lo and behold, this man, he goes and he rests, and when he wakes, he finds there's his camel standing above him. Can you imagine the joy? Can you imagine the ecstasy of such a man? This is a man who realized that his life had just been saved. And in his ecstasy, he proclaims, O oh Allah, I am your Lord and you are my slave. And of course, it was a slip of the tongue, because what he intended to say was, O oh Allah, I am your slave and you are my Lord. But the Prophet ﷺ mentions this man's moment, right? Because you have to be in some serious, some serious uh, ecstatic state to make such a statement. So he mentions this man's moment to show and to demonstrate one thing. He says, Allah is happier when a sinning slave turns back to him than this man when he found his camel. Subhanallah. So when we adopt these supplications, whether it be the supplication of Nabi Yunus or that of Nabi Musa or, or this one of Nabi Adam and Sayyida Hawa wasalam, with the same spirit that they made the dua with. In other words, when we, when we find ourselves in a predicament We've sinned against Allah, we've turned away from His way, we've discarded our salah, we've been neglectful of our deen, we've been neglectful of our parents, we've been neglectful of Allah's laws. And we would sincerely want to get back to Allah, but we are so worried, we are so afraid, right? That, that how can I possibly face Allah after what I've done? Remember that these words have been, have been uh, preserved for you from the beginning of time till your day, 2023, 1444, in the month of Ramadan, for you to hear this discourse about these words and the power that they hold so that you can adopt these same words as you turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the best of moments, in the best of months, and, and sincerely go back to Him.
And as we return to Allah, know and feel how welcoming Allah is and how loving Allah is, for He is waiting for us to turn back to Him. Rabbana ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين آمين يا رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد والحمد لله رب العالمين والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته